Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to the conversation. We are Symbol Athletica, the brand of the purpose driven. We stand for people that stand for something. We have really been leaning on you heavy in these last couple of episodes to lean in and exercise your imagination. We've been doing a good job of that over the last few episodes. Hope you've been tuning in. And today is going to be true to that vein. We're going to really lean into you to use your imagination, but we're going to do two things. Not only are we going to challenge you to use your imagination as we have this conversation, but we're going to explain why consciously using your imagination as a tool can be so powerful, so useful, so practical, so unique, and so rare, unfortunately. So today, we're going to lean into that pretty heavily. You know, if you tuned into some of our past broadcasts, the one about the story of you, we talk about how from around the world, across a multitude of countries and cultures and people, regardless, regardless of religion, background, um, economic status, isolation even, um, there is a commonality to the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell our kids, especially the ones that persist over generation, over generation, over generation. And one of the characters that emerges from this constant, consistent story is the idea of the wise, helpful person, the magician, the wizard, the magi. Today, that's going to be a part of the subject of this conversation. We're going to talk about a powerful gift, if you will, given to us by the insight shared to us by the wise ones, the magi. Now, when we say magi, we're not talking about a specific person, a specific character from history. We're going to mash them all up into one consensual idea of wisdom. And the information they share with us is insight into an inheritance we have as human beings. And this gift that they, this inheritance, this gift, this idea that they share with us or shine light on is very powerful. In fact, for this conversation, we're calling it the thrice powerful, the three times powerful gift of the Magi because it's a single idea that kind of folded on itself three times, three different perspectives of a same idea lends itself to be very powerful to us as, we, as it is expressed and manifest in our lives. So today I'd like to welcome you to this episode, the thrice powerful gift of the Magi. All right, all right. We are ready to jump right into this conversation. I can't wait. The thrice powerful, or better yet, the thrice great gift of the Magi. All right, I'd like you to imagine that there was a gift bestowed upon you, you being all of us, an inheritance of humanity that the Magi gives us insight into. And this insight, this gift, give us tremendous power if we choose to use it. In fact, we're gonna, the setup for this is 
that although it's readily available to everybody, few people actually consciously use it in a purposeful way. More of us um, unconsciously abuse it, not knowing what we're doing, and many of us just just um, do without. We just don't. We just refuse to even acknowledge that this gift exists. So we're gonna imagine for this conversation, for the few, for the minutes that this conversation lasts, that you are in front of the Magi and they are telling you about this inheritance that you have simply by being a living, breathing human being. And it's three perspectives of a singular idea. It's all coming from the same seed. And the very first concept is that's unique among humans in the animal kingdom is our ability to imagine, our ability to actually create a fiction, an invention of thought, of ideas. Unlike other animals, we're not captured to only think and be concerned about what's present in our perceptual environment right now, the things that we can perceive to be right around us right now. We can, if we want to, imagine next week, next year. We can imagine if we want to a a hundred years from now. We can even imagine a thousand years from now. In fact, there are no limits to what we can actually imagine. And now this, this may seem like a inconsequential thing. It's very consequential. Here is why. Because we have the ability to create this fiction, to imagine in such extraordinary detail, in such a way that we can elicit an emotional response to our own imagination. We can actually change the way we physically feel about what we're thinking about. In fact, we do this multiple times a day. The thoughts in our head, many of them fictions, the thoughts in our head drive our emotional state. And on many of the episodes we've already had, We share the link between your emotional state and real physical results, your biochemistry, your immune system, uh, your ability to move, your motivation. All of these things can be traced back to, you know, this seed, this 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 uh, us dealing with this fiction, if you will, for this conversation. So we have this ability to imagine and we have this reality where what we imagine can actually drive our physical selves, our emotional state, and the results that come downstream from that, actions we take because of it, et cetera. So now, all of a sudden, we realize that, wow, we, th- there is something to the power of these, of our imagination. There is something to the power of these fictions. And I love using the word fictions because it is literally, a, it, can, it can literally be a made-up thing. And just like fiction, in the, in, the, in, the, in the effort of writing a story, when we invent new things or when we make things up, we pull from a myriad of sources. We pull from life experiences. We pull from other things we think we know. We pull from other things we've seen. All of these things are incorporated into our effort to create this fiction. But when we create it, it, is, it becomes a real thing. You know, that's a long-standing conceptual idea that thoughts are things. And that's a powerful concept. Maybe we should do a podcast on that one day. But for this conversation, a thought is a thing defined as something that generates a real physical response in your real world, your world being inside your body and outside of your body right now. You can literally have an imagination 
In fact, most fears can be argued to be a category of imagination, right? Most fears that people have are um, a negative expectation of something that has not happened yet. So basically, they're inventing it, right? But we all know how powerful that invented negative expectation can be. And the same for positive expectation. So fictions are real. Imagination is a is a powerful uh, table of creation. Let's just call it that. And I told you we're going to exercise our imagination today. So imagine people can realize that imagination is a very unlimited and powerful thing. But ironically, imagination might actually set the boundaries for the next gift inside of this single gift, right? The first understanding of the gift is this limitless creative power of imagination. That's the box. Now, inside of that box, we have another uniquely human capability, which is the idea of transformation, the idea of something becoming something else. Now, we're not talking about the idea for you to sit there and will yourself to become a dog. (laughs) That's not the type of transformation we're talking about. We're talking about the type of transformation that's very practical, very useful, and the one we play out in every every hour of every day of our existence. The play out, our attempt to play out who we are, our self-identity, who we believe ourselves to be, and what that means in the larger sense. We have created a full-blown fiction, if you will, that clearly, remember the box, we're inside of the box. So whatever we've created about ourselves was created in this box of fiction, right? In this, in, the, in our heads, in these thoughts, right? But these thoughts are real things and they create real emotions and these emotions um, drive behaviors and it's the behaviors we see ourselves displaying in real life are downstream from that. So that's the connection between the creative power of imagination and this idea of transformation. And the reason why the idea of transformation is a gift, is a gift, is because, you know, quite, quite often, the most needed thing for a person to go from one stage to another stage, for a person to achieve something they haven't achieved, is for them to first, in their mind's eye, see themselves as able to achieve it, see themselves as worthy of achieving it. They have to imagine it first. There's not a single human on this earth that's walking around that didn't in their mind before they could even speak, right? Imagine themselves walking. They imagine it in such a real and concrete, undebatable way that the probability of working walking was almost 100% unless they had some type of physical defect or ailment, right? Not because, and most, and, and that's because of observation. So they, in their mind, they realized they just t- almost, it was such a deeply held belief that they automatically assumed that they could walk too because other people were walking. They invented it first and then they played it out in the real world. So there's, the connection is always there. You talk to anybody that's been successful in performing arts of any type, whether for entertainment or sports, you know, even the coaching will tell you, 
how powerful visualization is. How powerful visualization is. Visualization is just a different way to look at our imagination. In fact, there are some, there are some scientific studies done, one that comes to mind, where they took a group of basketball players and they had three different groups, I believe there were. And it was at a notable university. You could probably find this on the internet somewhere if you want to unpeel this onion deeper. And they did an experiment where they actually had three groups of three, three, three randomly selected um, groups of basketball players. One actually shot free throws every day for practice. The second group did not practice. No, the second group imagined that they were shooting free throws. They they had been coached on how to shoot three throws, the proper technique to use, and their job was for the same amount of time that the team that physically shot free throws practiced, they mentally shot free throws. They, they imagined shooting free throws. And then in the third group, they didn't do any type of free throw practice at all. They got instructed on their technique of how to do it, but they explicitly did not practice in any shape or form. They didn't sit there and concentrate on it, do it in mentally, nor did they do it physically in the real world. And the results were pretty impressive because obviously the team that shot free throws in the real in the physical world improved their average free throw percentage um, rating. But so did the group of players that that only imagined it. Those two groups significantly outperformed the group that did not practice at all. So this is just another little teaser into the why this this conversation is possibly so important because we just gave a a scientific um, uh, insight into how real what we call imagination is, how real visualization is. It has a real world impact, right? So, and this, as we play it forward, is why the idea of transformation can be so powerful because If a person starts off in a place where they don't believe they can or believe they are worthy of or believe that something is for who they are, then they have the power to transform into a different person instantly. Now, we talk about this in other broadcasts, how, you know, transformation is not an incremental slow change over time. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a instant transformation from one person into a different person. And no, we're not talking about changing from John to Steve or from Ann to Joe or from Joe to Steve. We're not talking about anything like that. We're just talking about in one case, you have a person and that person's destiny. That means the direction they're headed based on all the things that they believe and are trying to do and all, the in, and all the energy they are applying in their activity, they have a direction in life. They are headed down like a compass. They are pointing to something. Something is always in the future. Remember one of our core beliefs in, 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 the, in the symbol conversations is that we are at all times becoming, right? So regardless of what we are or who we are, we are always becoming something else. We're moving forward in time and we're collecting, we're changing as we move forward in time. So with any given person, if you look forward from their time and you could literally see into the future, there's an actual destination there. But the minute you change everything about that person, what they believe and what they believe they're worthy and what they're willing to try and how they feel about these things, they think about what they think about, then what you have done in that instant is you've changed the destination. 
you've literally changed where that new person is now headed. So although, you know, that change could have happened in a second or a minute or, you know, instantly with, from an insight, an insight can change a person instantly. The, the, what they can't see move is what the needle is pointing to, but it moves. So that destiny in the moment that you change, in the moment that you change your beliefs, in the moment that you change your feelings, in the moment that you change how you feel about yourself or how you feel about different things, your needle changes. What a needle is, the needle on the compass means what you are pointing to change. So the minute you change is the same minute that the needle change. That's another way of saying this is your destination changes in that same minute. Another way of saying that is your destiny changes. If you view destiny as just a destination, right? Because whatever you view, people that believe in destiny or people that have a strong sense of destiny, it's something they're moving towards. They're moving toward it. It's just like a direction. It is very similar to a destiny. I mean, a destination. So if in this conversation, we're exploring the idea that if we can in the moment change who we are in the way we just described, that changes what the needle is pointing to. As long as we keep moving, we have literally changed our future destination. We have literally changed our destiny. So those, that's the connection between imagination and transformation, why they're so powerful tools, but they are two tools built into the same box, the same idea. The final, to make this the, tri the thrice great gift of the Magi, right? There's one more powerful, powerful gift that we have as humans. And that is we get to choose our energy source. Well, unlike the rest of the animal kingdom that kind of just, you know, kind of is a uh, slave, if you will, to their environment completely. They're, they're contained in where they are. That drives everything about them, what they eat, who, what, where, what they're around, their threats, their non-threats, all that stuff. With humans, we have so much choice that one of the things that we often overlook that's incredibly important is we get to choose our energy source. Now, I mean this in the broadest sense. We get to choose the energy that fuels us, our biological systems. We get to choose that. And we get to choose things that, that lean into massive amounts of energy or that, that saps us of our energy over time. We get to consciously decide what that source of energy is. More interestingly, we get, and we talked about this idea in the conversation, I think there's something about fire or ice in the title of the conversation, where we talk about the idea of human thermodynamics, that how we as humans, we transfer energy to other humans, right? Just like energy transfers, just like when you drop ice in boiling water, the ice cools down at the same point the boiling water cools off. It's just it never, it never stops, it always happens, and just because we can't detect it with our eyeballs doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It happens, and we can measure it. Well, the same type of thing happens with people. You know, it's been broadly said in many different ways that you become the aggregate of the people you hang around most. You become the average, and by, the peop and by that, they mean what those people are made up of, not just you know, their bank account, although that's the one that most people commonly focus on, your bank account will become the average of the five or six people that you hang around most. That should be terrifying to a lot of people. It should be massively empowering to others. But it's broader than that. It's 
more philosophical. It's you adopt their beliefs as they adopt some of yours. You don't become them, but you definitely adopt some of their perspectives, some of their insights, some of their beliefs, and, and some of their behaviors. Some of it's hardwired into the new, mirror neurons in our brain and just the way we're highly social creatures and it's built into our biology which you probably noticed that if you have a friend or family member that comes to visit you for a short period of time and they have a very distinctive laugh, and then one day something happens funny and all of a sudden you laugh with that person's laugh. How did that happen? Where did that come from, right? The other socially, we transfer social norms. We transfer um, social beliefs as well. If you hang around a person that reads a lot consistently, if you hang around, most, if most of the people you hang around read a lot, over time, you will read more. If you hang around people that have a disdain for education, then over time, you will regard, you will have less of a regard to the value of education. The same with, you know, if you hang around people that treat old or women or any type of thing, if, you, if there's any distinct behavior known that's prevalent in the people you hang around and you hang around them, you are slowly adopting that exact same behavior, or at least the seeds of it, and it will manifest over time. It's just a function of your interaction and the time spent with those people. So our ability to choose our energy source is a massive one. One of the most um, interesting and kind of powerful um, distinctions or way or a different way to look at energy was told to me. I can't remember who gave, who had this conversation with me, but it it really supercharged my imagination. And they, they went in detail, which I won't on this call, but they basically says we, as we only generate or we only tap into the amount of energy needed to what we intend to do. We don't, we don't tap into a surplus of energy. We tap into the equivalent of that's, requ that's required for what we're requesting, let's just call it requesting from the universe, what you're attempting to do. So if all you're attempting to do is to get up off the couch and walk across the, you know, to the kitchen and grab some donuts, that's the type of energy you pull, you activate, you tap into. If you're trying to, um, if you're desperately in need of running a marathon, then you tap into the energy required during the training to even prepare yourself for the marathon, not to mention the energy you're going to pull when you actually run it. So just thinking about energy as kind of a request to your demand, this is insightful and I think it's kind of um, oddly funny in a scary type of way how uh, many of the people that don't have plans and goals or, or not, that are not pursuing their passions in any form, those are the very same people that seem to be so low energy that, and actually many of these people complain that they have a lack of energy. In fact, many people not only complain that they have a lack of energy, they blame they're not pursuing their goals or their passions or making these personal changes on the fact that they just don't have enough energy. When in fact, they just might have the equation backwards. They don't have the energy because they don't have the need. They don't have the need. They haven't made that choice, that decision, that transformation we talked about. They haven't transformed into a person with this need, this energetic need that vastly exceeds who they are. Because the minute they do that, the energy shows up. We see it all the time. You do, for every person that says they don't have the energy or the time, 
You can almost lump that into the same boat. We can probably point or find thousands, if not tens of thousands of people that have less energy, in quotes, or less time, in quotes, than they have that are actually doing things that exceed what the people with the excuses are resisting to even getting started on. So that's the idea. These are the three. This is the thrice great gift of the Magi that we have this 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 threefold box, right? This 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 meta this meta idea that of imagination being this limitless. Literally, that's limitless. That's infinity. You have an infinite number of things that you can create right now in your own mind. You can literally imagine anything. Here's the powerful thing about imagination. You can't unthink a thing. You can't unthink a thing. Think about that. So if you create the need, if you create this world in your head that necessitates, that demands that you transform into the person that needs to, you need to be to get that, then you can't just unthink it. You can't, it doesn't just go away. Once you create it, it's there. But here's what you can do. You cannot, you can't unbelieve something, but you can come to believe something else. You can come to believe something that is completely in opposition to what you currently believe. So you didn't just, you didn't find a way to unbelieve something. You just came to believe something else. That's why we need to consciously think about this great gift of the Magi, because if we're not controlling the content and the subject matter and the purpose and direction of our imagination, then we're not controlling the things that come downstream from it. Then we're not controlling the crowd, the fertile ground, the environment required to demand that we transform. We're not controlling that. And if we're not controlling the demand to transform, then we might not become the person with access to the amount of energy we need to do the task required to, to get the places we want to go. So that's this idea, this idea, this thrice great gift of the Magi. I hope you exercise your imagination as we went through this conversation. I hope it sparked different things. Now, when we have these conversations, they're going to be random things that just come to mind. They're not arbitrary. They're connected to the conversation in some way. So, you know, and I encourage you, I never, you know what, I may start doing this in the beginning, but I highly encourage people that are frequent listeners to this conversation that are plugging in. You're going to generate the insight and the, and, the, and the things that are going to be most helpful for you. This is just, these conversations are just to plant the, the environment. It's like fertilizing the ground. But you're going to have these things that come to mind. They're going to be people, places, and things, and feelings. And I encourage you to write them down. Write them down. Because you, 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 may have, you may be making connections. You may be understanding something before it becomes fully conscious, right? Before you, because we have a tendency to not believe in things and not act on things until we see all the dots connected. Unfortunately, life just doesn't work like that. In fact, there's a lot of research that shows we come to an understanding of something long before we can articulate it or long before we clearly even know we understand it. So I encourage you to kind of capture some of the random thoughts that comes along or pops into your mind if you're a frequent listener to these or you frequently join into these conversations. Because as you start to revisit those, 
over time and look back and re- look at what was what why did that come to mind and you ask yourself these powerful questions like that why did that come to mind or this is what I thought about what you're starting to do now is you're starting to, to, to kind of see the matrix if you will I love using these type of terminologies because modern media and and things are you know although they come from fictions right because the matrix is a fiction we went to see in a movie but yet it gives us so many useful insights usable insights into things we can apply in our non-fictional world, right? Um, if you want to call it non-fictional, because I would argue on a different episode that most of what drives most people about most things is actually based on the fiction. It is actually based on the fiction. And one not of their own writing. Not even of their own writing. So that's this conversation. I hope that, if anything, um, this was a great fun conversation and you for a moment at least accepted this thrice great gift of the magi if you know other people that you think might benefit from these random conversations we have in our collective quest to get better at meaningful stuff please tell them about the conversation being had here at symbol athletica the tribe is growing fast it's growing fast and it's growing wide at the time of this broadcast this conversation, we're in over 10 countries now, and it's just organic growth. There's not no marketing effort behind it, so it's just bouncing around and things are happening as they happen. But a lot of that might be actions people are taking, tuning in, sharing things, acting on things. You know, if you, believe me, if you suddenly, if you can fully embrace the thrice great gift and transform somebody's going to recognize you're different and they're going to comment on it and they're going to see it. They're going to, you're going to be the same. Your name's going to be the same. You're going to have the same job. You're going to be doing the same things, but you're going to be so, there's going to be a difference in your energy. There's going to be just something different about you. They're going to know that they're dealing with something slightly different. And um, in many cases, that can be a very powerful thing. So my friends, thank you for tuning in. Um, I hope that you are enjoying these, these, these challenges to use your imagination in conscious, deliberate, and powerful ways, practical ways. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.